Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Hello, kids. This is Risk, the show where people tell true stories they never thought they'd dare to share. I'm Kevin Allison, and every Thursday, we release these special episodes that we're calling Classic Risk Singles. Each of these episodes features just one story from our earlier years. If you're new to Risk, you should know that the podcast can be very uncensored. This week, a story that Reggie Watts first shared on the podcast in August of 2012. Here he is now. It's Reggie Watts with a story we call, Thank You for Letting Me Be Myself Again. (laughs) All right. um, This is a, this is a story about a young man and some drugs. Um, the young man is me. Not anymore, but I used to be a very young man, incredibly young. Uh, <laughs> very young. One of the youngest men you've ever met. But um, I, I don't know how many of you guys are kind of extroverted, but you find that there are like some, like, some things that you're really uptight about, like still, like, I, like, and some hidden things that you don't find out until certain kind of crucial moments. But in this particular situation, I would have been uh, about 27, I think, 27. I was working in a health food store called Mother Nature's uh, in Seattle, Washington, on the base of Queen Anne Hill. And um, I had just quit a disco cover band (laughs) that was making shitloads of money. I mean, like, we were making... I mean, at the time, as a young man, any amount of money is a lot of money, but... um, 
enough to buy my friends Chianti once in a while. Um, so I was rolling the Chianti, but I, but I, I, but at a certain point, I was like, I was with a girlfriend. She was Australian, and she was telling me, um, you know, uh, you should really quit this band. And I was like, I don't know, man. I mean, it's making a lot of money, but it's definitely not creative. I learned, I know every single disco song, I think, now. So I, I, it took me a while before I even enjoyed them again. But um, I, I quit that band, and it was kind of a heavy breakup uh, with the band because, you know, I'd been with it since uh, it started. Like, uh, I think it was in it for about five years or something like that. And so I quit that, and I went from making money to zero money. So I had to get a job, and I got lucky to get this job at Mother Nature's. Um, totally like Ma and Pa run, um, little joint, and um, no competition at the time. And, and I just learned about vitamins, and I stocked things, and I priced things, and I made sandwiches and smoothies with spirulina and made kombucha from scratch. And, uh, you know, I learned about, uh, you know, biodynamics and, uh, you know, uh, St. John's wort, uh, you know, working as an antidepressant. And we had representatives coming in from vitamin companies. And it was, a, it was an intense time. <laughs> And, and I broke up with the girl from Australia. She went to Japan, and she said she was dancing. And she would send these pictures of her in these kind of weird outfits where she was almost topless. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Okay, yeah, kind of like Vegas thing. And then, then she writes me a letter saying that she'd been seeing someone. And, uh, and in a weird way, I was kind of relieved. I was like, okay, great, because I wasn't sure about that relationship anyways, so that was an easy out. And it was still emotional, but you know, I, I was living in the house that we were living in together uh, by myself while she was in Japan, so we'd broken up. So I was single, and I was working at the health food store, and one day, this girl walks in, really super cute girl. At the time, she probably would have been 21 or something like that. And uh, she walks in, she's a friend of one of the people working there, and uh, she's talking and I'm kind of joking around with her and I don't know, we're hitting it off and she's like, hey, you want to uh, come by where I work, you know, sometime this week? And I'm like, sure. So, um, so I go to this health food restaurant that's run by this old hippie dude in a weird part of Seattle and I go to visit her and she's, she's closing shop and she gets me a couple, you know, their specialties or whatever, like yeast, yeast soup or something like that. Um, and uh, just great. Um, and, uh, and so, you know, <laughs> we sit down at a table and we're just, we're chatting or whatever. And she's like, uh, I've got some mushrooms. I'm like, oh, yeah, that sounds cool. I didn't really know her. So it was kind of a weird thing. I always associate mushrooms, you know, with something you do with like close friends. So I was like, uh, yeah, sure. That sounds cool. She's like, we'll have to stop by my house that I'm living at. I'm like, great. So she gets done with work, says goodbye to this, this dude. We get into her car. And we drive to this weird house in another part of Seattle again that I can't even remember where it is anymore. It's just a very strange place. And it was this big-ass house on this property, and he went in as total hippie commune house. Like, hardly any furniture, just a lot of blankets and pillows everywhere, you know? <laughs> like, cubby holes with strange herbs hanging down in bushels from the ceiling and dream catchers and, and um, just communal kitchen, you know? Um, and uh, we kind of hung out a little bit there, we got the mushrooms, and we decided to go to the Arboretum, which is this uh, beautiful park in Seattle, if you ever get a chance to go to it. It's a man-made uh, <laughs> uh, botanical extravaganza. Um, 
And we decide to go there. It's, it's starting to get dark, and the park is closed. So we sneak in. We park our car on the edge of the park, and we walk in. She's got these mushrooms, and we eat the mushrooms with some M&Ms. It's always the best way to do it. Just take a handful of M&Ms and a handful of mushrooms. You'll never taste it. And... Um, <laughs> So we did the mushrooms, and I was a little nervous because I didn't really know her, and that's always an odd feeling when you're doing something like really heavy and psychedelic and psychotropic um, with someone you don't know that well. It could not necessarily be a good thing. So we we start to trip a little bit, and I'm like feeling okay, a little estranged from her, but you know, okay. We find she she well, I think we find it collectively, but we find this tree. It's the weirdest tree. It's like a pine, looks like a pine tree. It is a pine tree. Um, I've just decided. No, um, but it's like some, some, some kind of a pine tree. And it, the branches started about here. So it formed this nice little like tent, like a, like a little tree cave. Like a, you know. So we're like under this tree's skirt, you know, just kind of up against you know, the trunk of, of the tree. And I started tripping out a little bit more, a little bit more. And then for some reason, I just ended up laying my head in her lap. And she was sitting against the tree. And I kind of just fell into a trip. And I, it started with her breathing and my breathing. And eventually, that turned into this weird journey into this hyper-feminine world. And I, it, it's really hard to explain, but it's like... <laughs> it, it was like... It was like I was like temporarily allowed to kind of feel a little bit of the feminine energy, and my head was right against her stomach, so it was kind of like against her womb, and uh, and it was heavy, man. Like I just went on this crazy journey, and I was like started to get really emotional, and and was crying a little bit, and, and uh, but she was totally cool about it. She was like just kind of handling it and she was tripping too so we were kind of co-tripping um, and I was somewhere lost in some strange beautiful energetic female realm um, and I stayed there for about maybe a little over an hour and I got up uh, slowly and kind of realized vaguely where I was and we just looked at each other and we just like started crying um, so in that moment, it just felt very honest and clean. Like every breath I took just felt like I was getting nutrition from the air. And us being in each other's presence was kind of letting me know that it's possible to connect with people even though you, you may not know them. This, this particular trip kind of ended with us roaming around the forest, doing some weird shit. Um, <laughs> hiding from each other, um, you know, running around giggling. Um, and then um, eventually trying to find her car. And, uh, but the best part about that whole trip was we became better friends and kind of quasi-dated, but then like only really two dates and just became really good friends. And uh, maybe a year, year, year and a half later, I went over to her house and we tripped on mushrooms again. And it was just me and her in this house that she lived in in Capitol Hill. And uh, <laughs> I had a, have a problem. I mean, I'm sure a lot of us have a problem with going to the bathroom, especially number two, when you know that people can hear you <laughs> uh, or, or any, <laughs> anything like that. You just have a, I just have this problem. I like to be in a very quiet, private space, you know, and, uh, you know, and, and, and meditate. But... Uh, <laughs> 
But uh, so I had to go to the I had to go to the bathroom, and I had to go pretty badly quickly because mushrooms sometimes can make you slightly incontinent, um, and also out of continent as well. But um, so uh, so I just remember going like I have to go to the bathroom, and I go to the bathroom, and I remember I just get deathly afraid because I remember as I'm approaching the bathroom door, there is no door. It's just a bunch of like beads. Because, again, she's, like, living in a commune hippie thing. And, um, and I'm totally terrified. Because her roommate is supposed to come home at some point during the evening. And, but he's, you know, he's a kind dude, um, I guess. I don't know. That's how he was described to me. Um, and, and I was like, I can't do this. And she, she took the time. This is so, so stupid. It was such a huge thing. She took the time to actually just... She just made it sound like, it's no big deal. Just do this. We all do this. It's fine. I'm not going to fucking touch you about Just go to the bathroom. Whatever. It's what you're supposed to be doing. It's a healthy thing. And I was like, no, no, I can't. No. No one, no one must know that I do this. I am ashamed. <laughs> and... Uh, and and, uh, and she just kind of, she was like, listen, I'm going to go out in the yard. It's going to be fine. And it took me a while. It took me probably about like, like half an hour of being like, like thinking that any noise was like her roommate coming in at, or her coming back into the house to check on me. But finally, at one point, I just hear, I just hear her scream in the backyard. She's like, just do it. And then I went for it, and uh, I kind of just, I don't know, I don't know, something happened. I, I, I did it, it was fine, I felt kind of weird, but then I was like, no, it's cool, it's cool, no, no, it's cool, it's cool. <laughs> you know, and, and uh, uh, you know, finished up, and then, uh, and I came out, and I felt like a changed person. Like, I felt like I had, like, walked across coals or something like that. I, I, and, like, everything changed. I was, I was like, thank you. I, was, I felt incredibly indebted to her. It's crazy. It was like the second time that she kind of just allowed me, she fully accepted me and allowed me to be who I was. And that's a huge feeling, because you just don't know how much you aren't being yourself until certain moments happen. So that's it. Thanks. That's all for this week's Classic Risk Singles episode. Now, don't miss out on our regular full-length episodes. There's a brand new one every Tuesday. And everything you might want to know about us is at risk-show.com.